the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is. I am Seth Leibson. Welcome back as we head into Hour 2 of our daily three-hour tour. I have said on more than one occasion that Eli Crane, who is running for Congress as a Republican in the 2nd Congressional District of Arizona, is, I think, one of the single most impressive candidates for Congress in the entire country. It is a delight now that he has been victorious in his primary and on to the general to bring Eli Crane back to the show. Eli, Eli, how the heck are you? I'm doing good, Seth. Thanks for having me on. You betcha. You betcha. Um, it's been a while. My fault. Uh, been busy. <laughs> You've been busy. I've <laughs> We've got a lot of races here. You have one race, but it takes all your energy. Let me ask you uh, to, you know, reprise for the audience uh, a little bit about the district you're running in, District 2, and then we'll do a little biography again if we can. Yeah, absolutely. So it's Congressional District 2. It's the largest district in Arizona. It encompasses uh, Flagstaff, Sedona, Prescott, uh, Pine Top Show goes all the way up to the Four Corners, grabs the Grand Canyon, comes all the way down around Phoenix, and even comes down south of Phoenix into Pinal County and and. and has Florence in there as well, and then goes all the way over to the New Mexico border. So it's massive. It's very rural. Um, and it's, you know, it's a pretty, uh, pretty America first district, which makes me a good fit for it. Yeah. Too bad they, <laughs> they raised the gas prices for you on this, on, on having to drive around the district. Of Tell course. me about it. Tell yeah. You have it. to wonder sometimes if some of this was deliberate. Um, we'll get into who you're running against and a little bit more about the America first nature of the district. But uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. I mean, it's uh, don't be shy. You're you're you be autobiographical. It's impressive. And uh, I'm giving you license. Let her rip. Tell us about yourself, Eli. Thanks, Seth. Well, um, you know, I am a Christian. Uh, I'm a father. I've got two daughters, uh, about to be 15 year old and 11 year old daughter. And uh, so I'm navigating those, <laughs> those good times. Yeah. And uh, and I'm also a husband. I've been married to my wife, Jen, for about 16 years. And uh we were entrepreneurs until about five months ago when we sold our company, Bottle Breacher, that some of you all may have seen on Shark Tank. We aired on Shark Tank in 2014. Uh, we started that business in uh, about 2013 when I was still active duty in the Navy Navy SEALs, um, where we were stationed in San Diego. And I, I'd been doing, doing that job since about 2006. I went on three deployments, um, three combat deployments with SEAL Team 3. Uh, before that, I did two deployments in the Navy on the USS Gettysburg as a gunner's mate, and uh, that was after joining the Navy the week after 9-11. I dropped out of school um, as an Arizona Wildcat my senior year um, to go uh, serve when I felt like the country needed men and women to step up right after 9-11. God bless you for all of that, Eli. And if I'm not mistaken, remind me of the connection. I think we had you on last on either the anniversary of the birth or perhaps the passing of Chris Kyle, known as the American Sniper. This was someone you knew, yes? Yes, sir. That, that's correct. Uh, Chris Kyle was my boss from 2006 go. to yeah. 2008. Yeah. 
It was a 20-man unit called Delta Platoon uh, task, under Task Unit 2 at SEAL Team 3. And so uh, that was a very interesting time in my life. You know, Chris was a really, you know, tough, tough boss, but he loved us dearly. He loved this country dearly, and uh, I'm grateful that I got to serve for him. Did you see the movie American Sniper? Oh, yes, sir, I did. Did you did. did you think it was close to fair, close to accurate? I know that there was some issues with his friend and the funeral and all that. I covered that pretty in depth. But did it was it a fair representation? Did Brad Cooper do a fair representation of, of Mr. Brad? I thought Bradley Cooper yeah. did a pretty good yeah. job playing Chris, but they, they really missed um, his humorous side. Oh, and okay. A lot of the a lot of the things in the movie were just, you know, I think pretty inaccurate. But that's what happens when you try and cram, I think, fourteen years of somebody's sure. life into a two hour movie. Sure. And you also can't take Hollywood out of Hollywood, right? I mean, they're exactly. getting, they're getting, they're going to push a, a, a certain angle, no matter how good the actor or how serious the dedication to making that movie. Eli Crane is our guest. Uh, if you want to support him or learn more about him, Eli for Arizona dot com. Is his website, Eli is E L I, Eli, F O R, Arizona.com. If you want to follow him on Twitter, he has an active Twitter account at Eli Crane underscore CEO. Uh, all right, let's talk about District 2, how it's been represented up until now, Eli, um, and how you see the district, and then we'll get into some policy. All right, let's do it. Uh, it's right now being represented by a Democrat. This is one of the seats we intend to actually flip, not maintain, flip. Tell us about right. your opponent just a little bit and to why you think we can do this. I think we can do it, too, by the way. Yeah, no, I think we absolutely can. Um, you know, just to give you a little background on my opponent, he started as a Republican, became a independent, and now he's a Democrat. He was in the state legislature for a while. Um, he votes with Nancy Pelosi 100% of the time. He votes with AOC 94% of the time. All of these uh, new great new spending bills that continue to drive up inflation and grocery prices, gas prices, etc. He's voting for all of them. He actually just made a video uh, this week talk, defending, uh, you know, the hiring of 87,000 IRS agents. So um, they kind of, you know, that tells you a lot of what you need to know about Tom O'Halloran. Is the redistricting that just took place and gives you the expanse that you outlined for us, the geographical expanse you outlined for us, is it now a little bit more favorable to us than before? I mean, before he only won by a thread. Is it even better now? Yeah, it's much better. Yeah. He won the last election against Tiffany Shedd by about three uh, three percentage points. Yeah, right. Um, and so this district went from an R plus two district to an R plus 7.5 district. Yeah. So yeah. that made him the most vulnerable Democrat, not just in Arizona, but in the entire country. So if you have listeners out there, Seth, that want to understand that Nancy Pelosi only has a plus five majority on Capitol Hill, want to see that taken away from her. This is um, it. This is the most flippable seat in the entire country. This is it. This is ground zero. Yep. And even if you don't live in the district, we urge you help out Eli Crane, because while it is true, it's an interesting thing about Congre Congressman, right, Eli? You, you represent yep. a certain area, but you're passing laws for not just the entire state, but obviously the entire nation. And in a sense, you know, represent in a sense, foreign policy to the world. So, you know, just because you don't live there doesn't mean it doesn't matter. Uh, if you that's, live in that's, Eli Crane's district, right. vote and support him. If you don't, support him, right? That's, yeah, that's exactly how it works on Capitol Hill. You might you might be in a district where the numbers don't work in your favor, and you might not 
you know, be able to elect a Republican in your district. But I'll tell you what, this district right here, yeah. this is prime, you know, um, prime flippable seat and very low hanging fruit. We are talking to Eli Crane. EliForArizona.com is his website, candidate for Congress. And uh, after uh, after January 1st, uh, will be a congressman um, with uh, with uh, with your help and God's blessing. Eli, uh, let's talk about some of the issues. Um, when you go around, when you're doing town halls, meetups, group meetings, parlors, what have you, what is the question that comes up most? Or I guess the better way to ask that is, what is it? people in your district seem to be most concerned about? And if it's more than one issue, that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm curious what they're talking about, what they're asking you about. Yeah, no, that's a great question, Seth. You know, I, I'm definitely, uh, we definitely get a lot about the economy, you know, whether or not I would support some, these spending bills, how I feel about sending money over to Ukraine. We also hear a lot about, um, you know, what would you do at the southern border? Do you think, you think there is an invasion at the southern border? Um, do you think that's even an issue? And, you know, Arizonans, I've, I've learned across my district and even just around the entire state are very concerned about election integrity. And so those are some of the big issues that I hear as I'm traveling around talking to people. You know, the election integrity question does not uh, does not surprise me and, and neither does the border question surprise me and we'll get into those into in a moment. I am a little surprised that Ukraine is on 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 so many people's minds. Uh, but I'm glad to hear it. And the reason I'm glad to hear it is uh, you obviously have expertise in foreign policy. Foreign policy doesn't often become, isn't often, isn't usually a campaign issue, um, isn't usually much made a campaign issue. I'm glad people are, are, are thinking about that. And I think it goes to not only America's role in the world, but how we're flexing our muscle in our role in the world. What do you, what do you say about what's going on in Ukraine? Well, I don't think any of us like to see unchecked aggression, you know, from the Russians or anybody else. Um, that being said, I think Americans are very concerned about, you know, a lot of the issues that affect our lives, mm -hmm. whether it be ha whether we have a southern border or not, whether we have sovereignty, whether or not fentanyl and other drugs are flowing over our southern border, sex trafficking, MS-13 gang members, etc. And so I think Americans that I talk to want to see, you know, our issues in the homeland addressed first before we start meddling with other people's uh, and other countries' um, needs. And it's and like I said, it's not because we're not, you know, loving, compassionate people. It's just we realize how much has to be done here first. I, I think that's eminently reasonable. Let me pick up on that after the break. I have a quick commercial break. But, yeah, we're sending $65 billion bucks to the Ukraine, but we can spend also $500 billion for college bailouts and 90 billion dollars we can leave to the taliban but we can't find 15 billion dollars to build a wall or take care of americans it's insane eli crane will help fix it we'll be right back with more from eli Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, this very impressive man who has already done a lot of service to and for this country and his fellow countrymen, both in and out of uniform, uh, defending this country abroad, uh, employing Americans here at home. He is now looking for another tour of duty and serving you in Congress in the 2nd Congressional District of Arizona. As I say, uh, one of the, if not the most impressive candidate across the entire United States running for Congress. Eli for Arizona dot com is his website. E L I F O R 
ElifeForArizona.com. ElifeForArizona.com. The Ukraine situation, Eli, almost seems to me because I, you know, I, I, I think the amounts of money we're sending over there, um, especially with no accountability, and uh, the kinds of embarrassments that our position uh, abroad uh, is bringing forward with this commander in chief, I, th- I think this was actually avoidable in a way. It was, uh, you know, history doesn't reveal its alternatives, but. If we had stronger American leadership, I mean, if we had true energy in the executive, I don't think Putin would have thought he could invade the Ukraine, just as I don't think that um, Syria would have thought it could get away with using chemical weapons if they thought Barack Obama was a seriously uh, was a serious president who intended to do what he said he would do. I think they took the measure of people like Biden, people like Obama and said, um, we're not afraid of you. Uh, that's my sense. I mean, uh, we don't know, but, uh, you know, it seems like uh, there's an ounce of prevention here that would go a long way that would prevent us and keep us from having to again and again and again get caught up in foreign entanglements. I wonder what your thought on that is. Well, yeah, I think that um, it goes back to, you know, the the famous line of peace through strength. Yeah. I think that there's some real uh, truth to that, whether you're talking about on the neighborhood block or whether you're talking about in national security. And I think you need look no further than um, President Trump's administration and realizing and recognizing the difference in how world leaders and some of the bad actors on the globe reacted and responded to him because they weren't exactly sure, you know, what he would do. Um, and I think that they were they had a healthy respect of him. And I think you're seeing the exact opposite of that in this leader, this administration that we have right now. And so I think it is. I think it is good that we return to a position of strength, and uh, I think that's why uh, these midterms are important, and I think it's why it's why the 2024 election is so important as well. Well, that's right, and God please, if we take the majority in Congress and hopefully to the Senate, uh, which I think we can also do, unlike our minority leader, I think we can do it, but regardless— one of the most important things will still have a Democratic president. Uh, so, you know, anything we pass affirmatively is going to, you know, be needing what would require a veto proof majority, which is a hard thing to do. But what we can do, what you can do is lay the predicates and build the point of electing a president and changing out the presidency in 2024. You can do this through hearings. You can do this through promotion of legislation. Right. I mean, that's the point, isn't it? To lay the predicate for the next two years. Yeah, it is. And I think I think you can also if we take back the House, which I believe most of us think that that's exactly what's going to happen. I think we can check a lot of the radical nonsense that you see this administration in their agenda trying to pass. So I think it will be, you know, in an extent, a defensive posture for a while because we we don't know if we're going to be able to flip the Senate um, and they'll still have um, they'll still control the executive branch. But you know, I think that, you know, you, you win this not in one foul swoop, right, but, right. You, you know, it's you take it one step at yeah. a time. And the first step is obviously taking back the house. Yep. You take the first hill and then you get to the mountain. Um, the southern border, you mentioned that comes up almost as much or maybe as much as Ukraine and election integrity. By the way, I, I, I don't mean this to be cute, but I think it is part and parcel of the problem. I mean, if world leaders... Uh, you know, with invasion and aggression on their mind, people like Putin, countries like China. I mean, they 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 can take the measure of what we think about our own borders. And it wouldn't be insane for us to think, well, if the United States president doesn't care about his border, 
Why is he going to care about the Ukrainian border? The southern border and the absence of leadership in protecting and solidifying and strengthening and closing it is um, has a lot of ripple effects. I mean, obviously, the crime, obviously, the fentanyl, obviously, the nature of illegal immigration, obviously, the trafficking. But I think it says something to the rest of the world, too, that we don't seem to care about it. No, it absolutely does. And to your point on ripple effects, one of the guys on my team, you know, had had to head home early today to go to uh a funeral for a buddy of his. His daughter was just killed, um, you know, taking a pill that was laced in fentanyl. Oh, no. And um, this is the type of stuff that happens every single day. And it's not just at border states. It happens, you know, all over this country. And I mean, those are some of the those are some of the uh, major things happening. But, you know, it, it this overwhelms our system, having so many people that aren't supposed to be here crossing that southern border on a daily basis. And like I said, with the uh, Ukrainian folks, Seth, it's not it's not a lack of compassion. I get it. Yeah, I understand sure, sure. if people want to come here and, you know, have a better life for their families and they can do that. Who wouldn't? I would. I try. You right, try. Yeah. We, yeah. Right. We don't police. We don't police our border. Um, we don't seem to care about, you know, our, our communities and, you know, you know how it affects our communities from the crime aspect to the economic aspect when folks come here and work you know, for less than minimum wage. And that absolutely affects, you know, um, the working class people in, in, in this country. And so I think that it's something that, you know, we need to start taking seriously. And I'm talking about Republicans and Democrats on both sides of the aisle. Yeah. I have actually never understood why just the fentanyl issue alone and the border couldn't be a shouldn't isn't a bipartisan issue, I guess, because it leads Democrats to go after things they don't want to ultimately solidifying the border. But this fentanyl thing, you're absolutely right. I think we Arizonans actually have an especial responsibility on this because, yeah, it's not just affecting Arizonans. Uh, we are becoming a drug transfer hub, Arizona, to the rest of the country, aren't we? Yeah, I, I think we are. And I think that there's also something to be said for the fact that this fight is, you know, is starting to uh, shift a little bit from Democrat versus Republican, you know, to uh, globalists versus nationalists, people uh-huh. that believe that we're, we should be able to have uh, national sovereignty, sovereignty and people that, you know, don't want to don't want any country to have borders. Yeah. And I think that you see that with the influence of the World Economic Forum and others who have been globalists for decades and decades and decades. And, and you know, I think that they're finally um, starting to uh, get a lot more influence than they ever have in the past. And I think it's uh, I think it's alarming because I don't believe that they have Americans uh, best interests at heart. And I think that you see that when you read their literature and you watch um, the type of things that they put money into to try and influence or just by dint of virtue that they think that to say america first is a nasty thing or to stand for uh making america great again is a bad idea i mean they're they tell us what they believe (laughs) they are not making a secret of it right eli they are not no absolutely and i don't i wouldn't blame anybody i don't care if you're from portugal or spain or zimbabwe if you want your country to be great you know, I have no problem with that. I think that's great. I think that everybody should want their country to be great. And, you know, it, it does really bother me when I see the left and the mainstream media turn that try and turn, you know, people that want sovereignty and are proud of their country into white supremacy or whatever yeah. they try and turn it into. It's it's sick and it's disgusting. And uh, it really is. 
and we can change it, and we can change it by overwhelming force, and overwhelming force is putting you in the Congress, Eli Crane. EliForArizona.com is the website. Eli, Godspeed to you. It's great catching up again. Don't be a stranger. We'll have you back again soon. Okay, sir? Thanks, brother. I appreciate it, Seth. You betcha. Bless you. Talk to you soon. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, portions of which are brought to you by the great people at Y-Refi. If you're looking for a remarkable investment opportunity with a great return for investors, check out my friends at Y-Refi. Y-Refi is a due diligence firm run by uh, investors who do very well by doing good for others. What they're offering is a fixed, no-load interest rate, up to 10.25% return for investors, all in a secure and collateralized portfolio. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y, dot com. Or give them a call at 855-316-3087, 855-316-3087. Might be interesting uh, for us to, uh, for y'all to put together your own list. Feel free to send it to me. Uh, for those of you that want to email me or like to uh, would like to, uh, you can... Uh, Email me directly through 960. The Patriot uh, takes you right to my email um, uh, from uh, the 960thepatriot.com website. And uh, just note, I do read everything. If I don't respond, uh, it doesn't. It, it's just due to overwhelming or timing. But I try to respond to almost everyone. I try to respond to everyone, and I end up responding to almost everyone. Is that clear? <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, f- following up on... The discussion with Eli Crane and the importance of flipping some of these Democratic seats. Yes, of course, um, it would be wonderful for uh, a Republican congressman. And gosh, if we can get the Senate, too, that would be great. I, I think it's within our grasp, unlike the major- the minority leader, Mitch McConnell. I, th- I think we can do it. But if we do, you know, it's going to be very hard to enact our agenda very hard uh, unless we have, you know, veto proof majorities. And while we can work to that or work to taking the majorities in the House and the Senate as we build up towards, you know, 20, 20, uh, 2022, uh, 2024, sorry, <laughs> obviously 2024, um, th- there are things that, you know, the majorities can do in the Congress. And I think one of the most important things because it will be the handmaid of being victorious in 2024, is reminding as best as possible, reminding as best as possible what uh, what the Biden administration and the Democrats have done low these past two years. And the way to do that is through congressional hearings. Now, it's a good question as to whether we think, you know, the media will show the hearings the way they've shown January 6th hearings or hearings Democrats hold. But it doesn't mean you don't try. And it doesn't mean you don't have your auxiliaries to help propel those messages. You have the ability on social media to replicate a lot of the content of these hearings. You have the ability through talk radio, hopefully Fox News, hopefully some of the other outlets, whether Newsmax, you name it, on television. But you you still have to do it in the hopes that uh, that that it will be covered. And it certainly will create a record on C-SPAN as well, a permanent record on C-SPAN. Every almost every hearing, almost every hearing is covered by C-SPAN. If it isn't aired, it's put on the website. And so the other day we were talking about the list of, you know, 
top 10 or so things Joe Biden and the Democrats in the White House have done and in Congress have done, that leads us to a place where 75 percent of the country thinks we're on the wrong track, uh, according to the most recent NBC poll. And uh, one of the things I was talking about was the what he did on crime. I, it's it's almost novel to hear it. I'll, I'll even repeat it, and it'll still sound novel, even though I spoke about it the other day. And that was his cancellation of uh, of what was known as Operation Legend. This was a um, this was a Trump Justice Department operation, which deployed federal law enforcement to help local law enforcement, not to help local law enforcement arrest harass or surveil parents at school board meetings, but actual criminals, people who actually break laws on the books, people who actually engage in criminal activity, violent criminal activity. And it led to the arrest of 6,000 criminals, this Trump operation. Biden stopped it, and 12 major cities broke annual homicide records in 2021. Let's have hearings on Operation Legend. Let's have hearings on why the administration stopped a program that local police liked, that had no complaints so far as I know from anyone except maybe the criminals. Let's have hearings on that. Let's bring it up. Let's bring up the fact that the Democrats are responsible for crime. Stay with me. We'll go through a few other issues as well. I'm Seth Liebson. Don't go away. Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, portions of which are brought to you by Balance of Nature. Balanceofnature.com is the website uh, and your uh, window to access to their great fruits and veggies, which I take every single day. Boosts your immunity, boosts your health, boosts your energy, and it's 100% natural. Everything from the capsule to the ingredients. And the ingredients are a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables pressed using their unique cold press process that preserves all the nutrients, so they call them phytonutrients, of all of these great fruits and veggies. 100% natural. You take it once a day, and you are good to go. Balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Things we are talking about that the congressional majority, when it is Republican, God please, starting next January, can hold hearings on to help layer build the layers of support for taking back all of the government in 2024 with the Super Bowl, the presidency. Um, we can get into a discussion, obviously. It's a favorite about who should be the president or who should run for president. It's a favorite. I guess it's a favorite for talk show hosts because it generates conversation. Um, but, you know, at a certain point, I don't know. I don't know if it's helpful I, 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 you know, there's a lot we don't know. We don't know what Ron DeSantis wants to do. We don't know what Donald Trump wants to do. We don't know how the Mar-a-Lago raid is going to play out in helping, you know, push or dictate certain things that Donald Trump may or may not want to do. Um, on the one hand, it may encourage him to all the more to run on the other, it may discourage it. So there's a lot of things in the air. So so much of this is just, you know, kind of speculation and, um, and 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 fun. But let's let's make sure we hold the majorities we expect to put in Congress and the Senate, the House and the Senate this November. Let's make sure we hold those guys and gals' feet to the fire. We know 
who's running. We have the primaries, I think, for the most part, almost nearly completed across the country. Alaska is a big one we're still waiting on, of course. But we know who these people are. So so let's make sure to hold them accountable. And holding them accountable, obviously, is saying no to bad legislation, holding hearings, doing their best to promote good legislation, and then making issues of it if and when, which is almost a near certainty, uh, Biden vetoes it. Uh, but we were talking about highlighting the issue of crime a few moments ago before the break. And one of the things I think they should talk about is Operation Legend. I think we should talk about the weaponization of the FBI, whether it was, well, not whether, but both in the intimidation of parents who showed up at school board meetings to what the FBI was weaponized in doing with Donald Trump and Mar-a-Lago. Of course, we'll learn more by the time we have the opportunity to engage those hearings, but we're not going to learn more on the FBI and school board meetings. Uh, We are going to elect better and new school board members. And that's a good thing. So we will probably, as Republicans, actually solve the problem that concerns the FBI. Think about it, if you will, for a moment. We are going to solve the problem that consternates the FBI and local law enforcement. The problem that consternates them is that people were showing up at school board meetings unhappy, protesting. Well, okay, problem solved. We'll be in charge. You don't often protest your own leadership. You don't often protest your own administration. So then a really interesting question presents itself, a very interesting question. The question presents itself is, are liberal parents and left-wing parents going to show up equally animated against, you know, the kinds of school boards that we hope to create this November? And are they going to be equally vocal or, what did I say, equally vociferous? Are they going to be equally animated energized, angry even at some of the things, you know, traditionalists, common sense and conservatism brings back to hopefully brings back to education. And if they do, will the FBI be working in law enforcement to surveil and quash and put the quietus on that? Probably not. Probably not, because the NEA will not be recommending that they do so. The NEA, remember, the Na- and and the school boards, the school boards associations, remember, they wrote the letter that called these parents domestic terrorists. That the FBI that encouraged the FBI to take this action, the Department of Justice and the FBI to take these actions. So you know, if um, if can, if 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 liberal parents are showing up, who's going to write the letter? I have a hard time believing conservatives are going to write letters to, the, to to the FBI saying surveil these parents. You know why? There is one big reason. Well, there's actually two, but they kind of they kind of fold into the same thing. We're not afraid of the First Amendment. We're not afraid of speech and debate. You know, it's an itch. I was thinking about this. It's an interesting thing uh, to take a to take just a just a bit of a step back. So, you know, when we call out the Democrats for lying to our faces, for example, uh, I think a good one is uh, the Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas when he says the border is secure, when he says the border is secure, or we have made the border secure, he's, he's done this several times now. Um, or Anthony Fauci on his farewell tour. Gosh, please, I hope it ends soon. 
but on his farewell tour, when he denies the obvious, not realizing there's a record, when he denies that he suggested closing schools or he denies that he suggested closing down the country and then pop, pop, pop come the videos with all his <laughs> other interviews where he was talking about it. Uh, remind me about those videos, Bill. Um, there's a tell going on here. Think about it. Just take a moment and see if you can spot the tell. It's this. It's this. They know, the Democrats and the left know, that we're right. We're right about the border. We're right to be concerned about the border. We're right about, you know, what Fauci wrought. We're right to be concerned about what Fauci wrought. Otherwise, they wouldn't lie. Otherwise, they wouldn't lie. If they actually thought the American people would buy an open border, if they actually thought the American people supported what was done in the name of science to shut down this country, our schools, our churches, our synagogues, etc., they wouldn't deny having done so, would they? That's the tell. They're lying to a conservative set of principles. They're lying to a conservative set of wishes. They're lying to a conservative set of facts. Why would they do that if they thought the country was behind them? In other words, the only way they can do what they want to do, the only way they can keep the lights on in the dream palace of their leftist creation is by lying because they know the American people don't like it, don't want to like it, and shouldn't like it. They know that. Otherwise, they just tell the truth. Oh, yeah, the border's unprotected. That's the way we want it. Heck no, I'm not going to visit the border. Heck no, I don't care to see what's going on. Let it rip. Heck yeah, we're going to shut down schools again the next time we think it's a good idea. Heck yeah, we're going to shut down the country and have no regrets about it. They don't say that because they know the American people aren't there. They have to lie to a conservative principle. That tells us something good about conservatism and how to use it. I didn't think I'd be going here, but now that I am, stay tuned. I have a little bit more to say about this, I think. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. I am Seth. Portions of this show are brought to you by Cool Touch Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing. Forget the heating part right now, but if you have air conditioning or plumbing problems, you want to call Cool Touch 623 748 4942. 623 748 4942. Or visit them online at cooltouch.us. I've used them. My friends have used them. This is the best air conditioning and plumbing company I've ever used, or my friends have. They love the customer service and they love the service. It's just better and different there. Chris Funk has built not only a hell of a company, but a great team at that company. Cool Touch, air conditioning, heating, and plumbing. CoolTouch.us. The thought I wanted to just conclude uh, before we take the top of the hour news break on, 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 on liberals and Democrats lying towards a conservative principle provides us a tremendous opportunity and begs an interesting question. Which is if they have if I if my thesis is right and I don't see how it couldn't be, uh, the question is why why are not more Republicans and conservatives getting elected? And I I don't have a great answer for that except for I think still at the end of the day the candidate matters, the quality of the candidate makes the biggest difference. Is the candidate willing? To roll up their sleeves and do the hard work? Is the candidate willing to roll up their sleeves and do the hard work of calling out the left for what they do? Or is it a candidate who wants to mark time? Is it a candidate who might have a great resume, may have a great background, but can't talk or can't debate? 
you know, the other thing that the Democrats and the left do that provides this tell is they conceal it. They lie about it, sure, to a conservative principle, but they conceal it. What's the syllogism? First, they deny that it's happening and saying it's just a right-wing talking point. Then they say you're bigoted if you oppose it when it becomes obvious beyond peradventure that what we allege is taking place. They accuse us of bigotry for, you know, going after it, challenging it. Think about the transgender stuff in schools. And then the third part is what? They mandate it. They mandate it. Hide and lie. Accuse. Then mandate. That's 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 the dialect. I'm Seth Leibson. We will be right back. Monologue coming up. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 